0: After seeing these few images of my guest, you would think that he's a a gold medalist bodybuilder, but he's not. He is one of South Africa's creative photographers and an award-winning DOP. Salaam, Shano, how are you doing?
1: Salaam Alaikum, my brother. How are you doing? I am doing really well, man.
0: I'm so glad you. I know you're very busy, also. I'm so glad that you are all available to do this. Um, Joch, when was I mean, we haven't seen each other face to face for a while I mean, years, no, for
1: a very long time, you know.
0: I remember um, I the think, bumping into you in Malville a year or two ago, yes, correct? And that was that about was it for a long, another long period,
1: yes, yes. I mean, the thing for me, though, because I'm Cape Town based, we do a lot travelling out to Joburg and around the country. So when I'm in Joburg, you know, depending on time, but next time I'm there, we must make time to hook up, you know, to spend some time, chill, have a coffee, whatever, you know, catch up and things like that. So it doesn't always have to be on a podcast or something, you know.
0: No, but that's actually why, why I enjoy doing this uh, Siraj here so much, is the fact that I'm reaching out to people like you, um, old friends, old work colleagues, You know, people that we have a shared history and 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 we we share our experiences with the viewers. And so I love the fact that we're actually doing this. But yes, you're right, we need to 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 also do this in person, you know, especially now when we're getting older, you you kind of long for that contact of people that had a big impact in our lives. And you are obviously one of those people that have had an impact in my life. And uh, our, our journey started or started when we met uh, at the uh, high school when we were at uh, Alexander Sinton. And anybody that knows the history of Alexander Sinton, it's a, it was and is in a very politically uh, progressive school. And um, we were thrown in the deep end in, in the sense of becoming politically activists. You could not but become politically Away and, and 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 active in the realities of South Africa, in 1985, 86, 87, you know, and, and really being thrown in front of it with with all the political unrest, and so so that's the environment that I got to know you, and but the one thing I remember, if, if I think back on about from in, in that time, was the fact that. I always kind of remember seeing you with a, a, a stills camera. How did your journey start with uh, becoming a photographer?
1: I think photography for me at a very young age, I think I was probably about probably about eight or nine years old. Um, my late grandfather, uh, Mr. Lombard, gave me one of the first cameras because he had an antique shop at that time. And obviously at antique shop, they had all these little cameras and I remember for my birthday, he gave me, I think I turned about nine, I was nine years old, and he gave me a little camera, a little square camera, with a little square block flashes that you could put on. And every time it goes, tick, you know, you have to... Yeah, I it, remember it, those. <laughs> and I started taking pictures of my friends in the street playing cricket, you know, playing soccer. Um, I think for me, what even drew me even further into getting into so, to journalism was... Um, and I think it was my 11th birthday, my mom took me to the Kismet. You know, in Kismet, Atlanta, they had a Kismet at the Kismet in the Athlon Theater. You went mm. to Kismet. The Baiso what theater? I, I went for a chip roll and I went to Kismet. And then I was, I watched this movie, I think it was 1991, I don't give my age away. In that movie of called El Salvador of Nick Nolte, when he went into El Salvador and he was photographing the situation, I was like, wow, you know, this is what I want to do. This is, this is, this is, this is the shit. Um... And eventually, kind of doing that, that inspired me, I started taking more pictures. Um, I think my, 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 I think I got a good break, I think around 1987, because my uncle is a very good, well-known photographer, Rashid Lombard. Um, he obviously, people obviously know Rashid Lombard. He <laughs> um, said to me, a senior dude, come up to the place called the Cape Town Press Center. The Cape Town Press Center in the 80s was where all the national journalists came to and from there, they would go into the townships and they would cover the different parts of, 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 of the Western Cape. So getting that environment, I saw all these amazing photographers from America, from all over. I'm talking about men and women. And, um, and the place was called the Cape Town Press Center and it had a dark room. Because the old days, you used film, black and white film for black and white and color slide for color. So I spent, Rashid put me in the dark room said, Brad, this is where you're going to be at. I spent like four years of my photography career in a dark room, processing film, printing film. I think my first camera was a Pentax, and the only lens I had was a 50mm 1.8 lens. And then I started, because it was around 1980s, the 89. there were a lot of street protests. So during that time, we used to go down to, 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 to downtown, and there was always marches, there was always ties burning, it was around the court from parliament, and I started documenting what was happening in our history. You know, with the 50 50 millions, black and white film. And once we are done, I should run up the present because we were on the corner of Food Market and Bleer Street and process the film and my contact sheets. And in the interim, other photographers gave me their film to process and film. And I had to start printing their film and you know sit stand in the dark room because as soon as the photographs are printed, I'd went down the Cape Times or August, or it went out on the wise. You know. So I learned at the time also, yeah. Um out the when I start also coming back to the question about my photographic career, I couldn't go to a photographic school because it was for whites only. All the colleges, all the schools were like, Yeah, Jake, they can call me your You know what I'm saying? So that pushed me to kind of do my own thing. Luckily, you know, I had like family members. Uh with Rashid, I mean, he, I mean, he's an amazing photographer too.
0: And at, at the time, a lot
1: of house south african photographers i would say black photographers who work like peter Makubani, george hallett uh you know benny Goo, a lot of Fanny jason all these guys and also senior other photographers uh black photographers of the 60s you know that i learned from these guys and and, and it was a humbling experience just to understand what it is to be uh, a black photographer in apartheid because you know also that time the 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 the, the they came down as a photographer, especially because they didn't want the, the national. events, covered the events, the
0: riots, you know? and the, yeah, I remember that. But
1: yeah, I think it was, and it was, it was amazing. The Cape Town procession was an amazing space because I remember they were, they were basically, the, the, when the Freya Birkblatt started, I think that they, they had an office there. I remember the, the BBC had the offices there. I remember there were other photographers there so I could talk to him about photography and understand what photography is all about, you know, and also being the news medium. Um, so that was, uh, that, was a good, that was a good entry. Good know? start. But, I mean, uh, it, was, it, was, it was learning on your feet. I had first my coffee and tea and clean, and then, you know, I had a camera, and it was like, it was, it was a good learning experience, humbling experience.
0: Well, for, I mean, basically what you've described uh, uh, to me is the, the value of apprenticeship uh, learning experience So that is how you started with photography, okay? Um, What blows my mind is that, uh, and and people, you need to go and look at his, Shamil's uh, Instagram feed, is the fact that you took the skills that you learned from uh, the manual skills from photography and you're using, and you're doing crazy creative uh, uh, photography work with using your cell phone. So how does that work?
1: You know, I think that 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 the one thing I learned from the great, especially people like uh, uh, the late George Alat. If anybody knows George Allett. George Alat was an amazing, amazing a uh, mentor in the sense that he said to me, "Whatever you have in your hand, if you can understand how to use it with a lens, you can create whether it's a big camera or a little pinhole camera, that you can you can create amazing images because you can give a person the most expensive Camera with all the lenses, if they don't have talent, they ain't gonna take shit. You know, mm. you can give a talented person any camera, even with one lens, and that's where I learned with a 50 mil lens for mm. five years. Because a 50 mil is a standard, you know, it's not mm. a wide angle, people understand what primes or you would have
0: to get to the image, you have to get to so the it was subject.
1: My and, and also, I also for me was I worked a lot with wide angles. So I had a 50 mil and my widest was a 24 mil, those two extremes. But I've learned to use a wide angle and create images because that's how you learn and that's how you grow. But like I said, I use my mobile phone because most of the time, at people know me, I do a lot of video documentaries. I'm walking out with a big camera. So my cell phone's quite here. I see image and I click it and I, and I have it. So it's all about the understanding like understanding composition and at that point, you need to grab it, you know. And I mean, mobile phones these days are amazing because amazing. they come up with amazing lenses, you know. So I remember speaking. I mean, in the dark room, we had called Zeiss lenses in the largest because what was most important was the glass and, and, and Leica lenses. These mobile phones got called Zeiss and Leica lenses on. So, I mean, it's like having like a, a real mobile. Oh. it you know, like like, No,
0: it's crazy. It's crazy, especially yeah. like you say, you're coming from that background and now you've got a mobile phone. But I, I strongly encourage everybody to go to look uh, for Sharma Albertine's um, uh, social media accounts. You'll see mind-blowing content, uh, still images, and you normally take these images while busy covering uh, uh, doing documentary work and stuff like that. How did you get your break from moving from still photography to to videography?
1: I started freelancing at Reuters. Reuters was based in Cape Town. People don't know Reuters is an international television news agency. And um, uh, at that time, Jimmy Matthews was the bureau chief, and he, he, he said well i mean come hang out come see what you want to come do but at that point at reuters i was making tea i was cleaning the equipment and eventually my first break became where i became a sound guy so my first break before being a cameraman i was a sound person so i had like a sqn4 i was and, and that time also there were a lot because of my dealers after 94 there were a lot of things happening you know mm. so you you also was at the time in the new international news you were competing. Reuters was competing against AP, against German TV, against the BBC. So I was watching, just filming, it was film and getting out there. You, and at that point, we had to we had to go to Sea Point, SABC Seapoint, Point, to send video footage. Mm. So we interviewed Mandela, we hundred other press people, and then as soon as we done, we get in our car from Parliament and we the Reuters office down in Living Street. When we parked it, it drive like a crazy all the way to Sea Point. Jimmy said, listen here, you pay the fines. Get there, send the video footage. And I did it for four years. And um, I remember one day, the way I got into doing videography or becoming a camera person was Reuters ad. It was a Sunday morning. And I think uh, there was a, a cameraman from Joburg was supposed to fly down and do the story because Mandela was going to Langa. I think it was 93. He was going to Langa. And... Um, Apparently, I mean, let me skip the date straight because I was talking about 94. 93. No, he wasn't present yet, I remember. He, it, was, it was probably the end of 93, because 94 was the elections. Mm. And I got to office. It was a cold Sunday morning, and I get a phone call, and a guy says, Listen, this guy is not coming down from Joburg. He's sick. You're going to have to go to um, the township by yourself. Um, I'm like, Ooh, mm, What? You know, there's a camera in the cupboard. I remember open up the cat the, the cupboard. Yes, the camera in front of me was a big big, bloody beat cam SP camera. The lens was still kind of, you know, and I'm thinking, oh shit. Okay. Showed me how to use the white balance, showed me where the code button was, put the camera on your shoulder. And then, yeah, I had to go to Tulanga, and it was great. I mean, I remember getting there in Mandela, walking around, singing, and I filmed this, and when she got back to office, and seen, I didn't even have a chance, even it was, you know, that everything was really different. Mm. So I seen it straight to Joburg, and they were like, well done, bro. We went out there. So, and then from there, I never, I never looked back.
0: Just, what you know? a story. What a story.
1: can I swim. I,
0: and, and I mean, for people who don't know, uh, if you haven't worked news, um, the, yeah. with, with Madiba, we, it's like the equivalent today with Malema. You know, wherever Madiba was, you had a massive contingent of world news. So you had to jostle to get a good position it's not rocking up and it's, it's, it's a, a bit of just knocking and getting your camera in so it's not a, the luxury of shooting you know like corporate videos <laughs> and then the fact that you were sent out by your, free, your bureau whatever it meant that if you didn't come back with footage reusable footage your career is over
1: there's any cut my bro <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. I understand when, when you talk about our oh, news in South Africa in the 90s, it's mm. our oh, news. You need to be a survivor. You need to be a brawler. I'm not in the a fighter, but you need, to, they, they were, you need to shoot a sequence of. Because remember, you can't just keep the camera wide. You mm. need your close ups, you need your wives. And as you're doing it, there's other cameramen around you circling with all the time. And you so, don't have directors. You don't that, have time. Shoot this, so you, you shoot you that. you communicate with your sound guy. And yeah. remember, you, 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 the guys in Joburg are waiting for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're waiting. It's like completely. You 12, no, no, you no. And, and the film liner goes to the rest of the world, people don't realize, and I mean, it was, that's why they call it the hard news. And a lot of my colleagues, I would say, because especially during hard news, you get anxiety, you get depression, because what you see, it's hardcore. You long hours at the office. You know, you, you, you're working weekends. You don't see your family. You, you're jostling. That's hard news, bruh. And now you have to get in your car now and go. Like, I mean, I used to sleep, virtually sleep, with my Peter Cam camera next to me. And it's a motor camera. Then spring up, I'll be picking the card and start going to rake, woof. Three o'clock in the morning. Even when the bullet was flying, to be in the middle there, and the last thing you thought was being shot, all you did was, you want to get that picture there's like an adrenaline rush of note. like you don't know when you do hard news when when other people are running away we are running towards it you know also that we want to see we want to be there you know even the the zooming pass on next so so
0: i mean obviously like you were telling us about uh, your first gig which is with Madiba so can you give me uh, uh, one or two high- other highlights as a, a news camera uh, a person that, that stands out that, you know, that you go, flip. I, I,
1: I think what, stand, what stands out is, is a variety of different different stuff that I've done. I mean, I think from 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 moving news in the 90s, I was working for Reuters until about, I think probably about eight years. Um, and at that time, I also worked with the BBC. I worked with CNN. Um, but for me, moving from... From hard news to more documentary style shooting was when I started filming with Special Assignment in in, in, in two thousands, and also filming with uh, a lot of the Afrikaans current officials. Uh, so for me, it was when I did like long form documentary news style stuff, where we we spoke about woman abuse, we spoke about child abuse. For me, doing stories around that and making South Africans aware of what's happening in our communities, you know. Also, just before xenophobia attacks took place, we did one of the first stories in PE, where some of the Somali uh, shopkeepers were were being attacked. But that was on a very small scale. That was before it even exploded, you know. Mm. And for me, those that what makes that what gives me the high is that I can do these stories to make South Africans aware.
0: Johan Abrams, a mutual friend of ours, uh, uh, and he also started his journey. Um, as a camera, news cameraman and then became an award-winning journalist and documentary filmmaker. You're currently working on an amazing project with him. Tell us about that project.
1: Okay, we've worked on a project that was probably uh, about, it's still in post, it was three years ago. And the project is about the coin. And the story is about how South Africa was before Jan van arrived. Uh, in South Africa. I think the idea is about basically about colored identity or identity of color, depending on how you will depict the understanding of that. And we did a, it's basically a third important education piece about the KOI, about the trick, about different we basically spend a year traveling around the country and telling the story of uh or, speaking to 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 people, Khoi people, whether it's the Esaquas, the Khikwas, just kind of telling the stories of the history of our country. Because I don't think um I don't think we we we, we kind of um, we we don't understand the real history of the country. There's a lot of history that was told,
0: especially us to, as coloured people ourselves. We 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 exactly. don't acknowledge
1: our own history. We don't know of it. exactly. And we 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 were we were saying it's not it's a tip of the iceberg. It's not yearly, the It's more about this is what this is how we understand it to be. It's for you to do further research and understand. Um, but if
0: people want to get a taste of, of what to expect i mean I if they go to your, your 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 facebook your instagram you took yeah. amazing pictures of the people you were interviewing so they will get yes. a good visual sense of oh my yeah. god this is going to be amazing
1: i i, I remember going into a place called Abim pala and there were two sisters in the in the in the 80s that would still go out to the goat kraral in the morning and still go out take the goats to to to, to the field but just the rawness and understanding of the skins they face, the stories they could tell, you know. Um, because, you know, you're along the Harip River, which is the Orange River, along the borderline, and the light is so amazing.
0: And then also, you've done um, some amazing reality show content. I remember seeing. Uh, um Footage, I think it's a footage or yeah. a video post that you put up where your sound guy was struggling to keep up with you while you're running
1: on the dune. Yes, that was, that was, that was, I worked in, uh, it's, it's, it's in Qatar, in the Al Ghalal deserts on the border of, of Qatar and the Saudi border. And you can actually see the border where you're based. And we spend like 30 days in the desert. Um, we from, from five o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night, we don't have days off. You um, only have days off before the finals. And um, Amazing work, work, work with amazing people from all over the world, from Lebanon, from Pakistan, from India. There are South Africans working. There's a melting pot of people from everywhere, Algerians, uh, Egyptians. And you know, when you say you're from Africa, then you can identify because now you, you're not caught in, in, in like we are in the northern suburbs or in Cape Town or in South Africa. You're from the African continent, you're African. And then it's into to realize who you are as a person. How do you see yourself out there in the rest of the world? I'm from Africa. It's called al And these guys are falcons. And they're on camelback. There's about five different groups and it lasts for three and a half days. So in the desert, walking, and sometimes driving, in the sandstorms. And what's amazing, every walk, because it's Muslim, predominantly Muslim, at every walk, the camels will stop somewhere and they'll start making salah in the sand you know and because of water pressure, precious that you sand to do and
0: then
1: you then think to yourself the first thing you get is like muscle goosebumps up your neck you know to see line in the desert the way know. it was because from that, the start you know you, you because you open yourself up to a different spiritual realm and you understand you and you and suddenly your visual style changes your 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 visual medium changes you become part of the desert okay um, you, you feel like at one with that sand. And mean I mean, from me, it's hardcore. Like, you know, you got to definitely be fit, mentally, yeah. physically, nonstop. And sometimes you're got to move across the, the sand dunes to get your shot without, like, you run like a 150 meter dash. And when you get to the, to the spot where you need to film, you can't still, uh, you need to hold the camera still. Stop. because they're like, yalla, 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 get done. We need to go. We need to go. Let's get the interviews done. They can't get my breath. You know and, Just, you and
0: I, I must explain this to the the viewers because um this is the fun of doing reality shows is the fact that you have to remember when you're watching amazing race and you're watching all these shows that the camera and the sound guy and the content director have to be with the contestant so there's there's a, a kind of communication that happens where we will tell the contestant you can't go too far away from the camera but it's more the camera's responsibility of positioning themselves, in, in so that you can get shots. So now this, you you obviously have to cover the reality that's happening, and then also you ha- you have to allow yourself to be creative. And so yeah. to be creative, you need to be fit because it means you're going to have to run ahead of the person to catch the person coming to camera. This this just I I've got the biggest respect for the camera operator, the sound operator, and the content director keeping up shooting, uh, uh, competition, uh, games, uh, reality games like that. It's mind-blowing.
1: I, I also work on, I've worked on a couple. I mean, I work now with a very good friend of mine, um, Yunus Ali and uh, Fakhri and Nazarene. We work on a thing called, it's called Roughing It Out on SNBC. And that's a reality show where we take young kids into the environment and, people, and show them what environments are all about, whether it's like looking at plants, looking at crocodiles, looking at giraffes. It's, it's, a, it's an education show. Cool. Is it I'm still
0: on air?
1: On... It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be airing soon. Well, it's probably it's sixth season now. Then I also worked on a really funny show called uh, and it's, it happens always up in Niza called Bachelor Finland. One bachelor, 18 uh, ladies. Wait, oh, 18, the bachelor,
0: 14, the international format, the bachelor.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I worked in a couple other reality shows, but I mean those are the ones that, that, that actually stand out in terms of being fun.
0: You've done wildlife uh, uh, um, yes. documentaries. Yes. And first yes. of all, exactly. I don't know of a lot of non-white camera operators that do wildlife. How did you score that?
1: I was I was luckily I was working, uh, I was at the time I was involved with chemical, it was a company called that was uh films with Yaku and Yaku Lopsha, they, they they're quite big now, they've got this big studios here in, in, in Cape Town. Um, Yaku was, they were very much into wildlife, and and I spoke to him, and I said to him, I would I'll be very keen to do stuff, and they, they had a problem called Ghorun, and Ghorun was an Afrikaans uh, uh, show on net where they dealt with uh, wildlife, whether it was snakes, spiders, scorpions, lions, it was totally different melting, pot from moving from uh, news, suddenly to go film a small scorpion or to go film a snake, you know, suddenly your whole persona changed. So we, we used to travel around the country up different coasts, going up to different game reserves, and we used to go out with these experts. So it was myself, the director, and the expert, and we would stay in some most amazing spaces out there, vast spaces, and that's where my photographs come for when I love filming trees, I love filming plants, I love filming, I know, the minute things. And my experience—the first time I filmed a lion, I just go Itala Game Reserve. I remember the, the, the just myself and the game ranger, the director, said Chamil, you go out, and I'm standing on an open Land Rover, and the ranger sitting in listen here, Don't move. I just like, you basically got this high grass and the sun in the background, and you see, and probably probably about three meters apart. We we at remember nothing around the vehicle, only me and a tripod and the game ranger and his gun, obviously. But he said the senior don't, don't move, it's gonna pop up. And the time we had line popped his head up. And he hit me his ears. So cool. I didn't know where to pin my pants or to record. Because that just being that awe of it, that creature was amazing. But I can tell you from that day, I learned it was suddenly something different kicks in when you film animals. It's a different, different kind of when you film wild game you feel it's a different it's a different mindset come for doing a hard new story or, or a drug story or, or a different story you, you, your persona changes you know you there's a way of doing things and i i, I did a lot, i mean for me doing wildlife was just an opening to a different understanding and mindset of filming wild animals other channel was filming snakes and worked with an expert um and we went up the east coast it was also up the east coast from pe right up into the onto the border of South Africa and, and um and Mozambique. Now in Mozambique, they are calling called the Gabon Adder. If anybody doesn't know Gabon Adder, compound combon adders like brown and white patches, and so the uses <laughs> you know, and firming these snakes at night or during the day, uh, you know, and sometimes the, the, the guy, the expert's name was is a crazy dude with a snake in his hand, and sometimes they could bite him, but these were non-visible snakes you know, and say to me, shaman don't move, just like the slick move past the camera between, between your legs, or, you know, so it's like your you know, but I mean, it was just amazing, just kind of, I don't
0: know how you deal with that. So, um, so with all this experience, I mean, amazing experience, um, I know that you also start, you have or always, but also more giving back to the communities by. Um, being uh, been um, a case lecturer for IKASI Media for their workshops. Tell us about that
1: quickly. With IKASI Media, I've been working with them for the last three three years. I went on uh, one of the, where we actually, a lot of the, they actually work with a lot of the kids out in, um, around the, the Neisner area, the Otsman area, coming from disadvantaged backgrounds. <clears throat> and I got involved where we, I went in as a, a, a lecturer showing them how to use camera. Understanding the of lights, how to use lenses and those stuff. But, and also, I think that the whole program was successful because we had people doing, coming, doing sound, we had people doing editing. And so the our meat was giving back to communities. But what's most important there is a lot of those people tell stories all about the communities, what's happening in the communities. But what we could also see, there were a lot of them that were artists that would approach things differently. Hmm. So the idea of the visual medium was to make a mindset or change and show people that you can use um, videography to make a difference or tell your own stories. So I mean, with yeah. today, you've got YouTube. Compared to those days, you don't need, you don't need a broadcaster anymore to, to sell your work. Hmm. you go got YouTube. You know, you can tell the stories via YouTube, you know. Oh, like me now
0: with my, this interview going exactly. on my Mobile exactly. First exactly. Africa page, uh, yes. Facebook page. Um, yeah, it's the, the world has changed and it's, it's, good. it's time that we change with it and, and we as old school broadcasters are the worst people uh, I guess old people just older people just take long to adapt and change to the, the new environment. But channel, my bro from, from an Athlon bra to another Athlon bra for people who don't know Athlon is wood. this is where we come from, it's also known as the salon uh, it's the it's known for its gangsters, uh, the affluent courts, the courts over there the, when the guys come out of the mung, uh, mm. you know our, 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 we come from a neighborhood that are, it's not as bad as manenberg but we've you know we we are yeah. the few that have are able to tell our stories mm. the way we are have, it, and I'm so grateful that uh, uh, I was able to set this up with you and I really appreciate you sharing your amazing stories. How can people um, keep uh, in contact with you via your social medias? Just shout, just give us your, your handles and stuff like that where they can find you.
1: You know you can get me on on, on, on Albertine on Facebook and Albertine Charil on, on Instagram. I'm still busy sorting out my new website but that's where you can contact me you know to message me or whatever. You know, I'm also kind of out there to help people get along and and, and do stuff. And you know, I we still I still I still go to a couple of seminars where I talk to people that are into photography and we chat about stuff. But like I said, I'm also open to learning new stuff all the time, you know. And for me, it's all about learning. And I think for me, about where I'm at in terms of my age is that technology would grow and that technology is new. The one thing that you can't get is experience. You can't get the lifetime experience of of of. Of understanding or feeling like i said like like i work with great people i mean i work with amazing people all the time you know and for me like my friend, like i mean i work with people like uh, like i work with people and and the thing is for me i like it's the understanding of of, of just getting along and, and creating beautiful visual beautiful stories and understanding where you come from i'm open to chatting to anybody cool so shukran uh thank
0: you so much and uh I'll see you in so- I'll see you in in person sometime so
1: brother thanks for thanks man